This is Parent Q Live, brought to you by the team at Parent Q. Hey, friends and family, welcome back to another episode of Parent Q Live. My co host is Kristen Ivey. And I'm here with Carlos Whitaker. I like when you introduce me like yeah. that. Yeah. That's really good. It's different. It's different. <laughs> well, we're just changing things up, keeping things fresh. Today, we're talking about um, really a, a subject that's a little heavier right? than some of the subjects we cover. So as this podcast airs, it's National Bullying Month, and schools in particular around the country are drawing attention to the issues of bullying. Because while we know that it's an important issue, something that parents can worry about and stress about, it's not always on the front of our minds. No. And so I think it's important that we have a National Bullying Month just to kind of remind us, hey, this is an issue. This is a concern in your kid's world, even if you don't feel the reality of it every day. Well, because the truth is, is we don't feel the reality of it. I mean, some some people and some parents are listening. They may because their kids may talk about it with them. But a lot of kids are silent about this. This is something they're embarrassed about. They don't want to talk about. I mean, I remember being bullied when I was a kid and I had... Um, it sounds funny now when I talk about it because I had a little Afro, like a little Gary Coleman Afro and, uh, we're going to need to see that picture. Okay. Well, may, maybe we can put it on the a blog or something like that. But I did, I, I had my little mini fro that was parted like Gary Coleman. So, you know, Gary Coleman actually, <laughs> I actually had two Afros, one on the side of my head and one on the top of my head. My mom would put it apart right in the middle. And I was always so mortified about this, my, my little mini fro. <laughs> and I just remember I would go to school and there was about a two month period where this guy, and I remember his name, I was in third grade. His name was Robert. This is how much bullying affected me. I remember the guy's name, Robert, if you're listening to this, I forgive you. But he would come <laughs> up to me and he would grab me and he would he would impress his hand, like take his hand and make like a handprint in my Afro. Like he Aww. would like, like push it down and everyone thought it was funny because my Afro would mold to, right? to his hand. And so I think about it now and I think, oh my gosh, that, that's hilarious. But honestly, it was mortifying when I was right. a kid and I remember it and how much it hurt me. And finally I told my parents mm -hmm. after months of it happening, uh, and you know, they were able to stop it by going to the school, but it affected me. And it, that seems like a really simple thing, but bullying can go way, way farther than that. And sometimes you don't know when those moments are really affecting the heart of your kid yeah. as a parent. I recently read something um, by an author who was saying, Hey, kids don't always know how to ask for the things that they need. Their asking is in the form of their behavior. Yeah. And as a parent, we have to listen to the behaviors of our kids sometimes to understand maybe what's going on that they don't know how to put words to. Yeah. And oftentimes bullying is, like you said, that thing that you can't name. You mm. can't even put a word to it and say, hey, I need for this kid to stop putting yeah. a mold in the top of my head. Right, with because, his hand. <laughs> because his hand. Because it's really affecting my yeah. heart right now. Yeah. Kids don't have the words for that. And yeah. yet it is something that's real and oftentimes um, just intense in their world. Yeah. So just to bring this conversation, I think to, to a, a more of a human level, I, I, because I think this is going to help. We've actually gone and asked some kids, some kids so we can hear it from their lips themselves. What's the meanest thing that they have heard one kid say to another kid? And here's some of the responses. You're fat or something mean about them. And then like at school, like if you miss a shot in basketball and you're in PE, you'll get made fun of that. And just like little things can just make a big deal. Something that most people do, like apparently they think it's funny, but there was a phase where a bunch of kids would call each other gay or stupid. And I don't know what's funny about that, but they all laugh. And I'm just sitting here like, why would you do that? But remember when you're playing football 
and like you said that you would catch that and then like you missed it. And then it. I barely missed it. Yeah, yeah, he missed it and then like these sixth graders like always mock him about it. And then one day we were just playing soccer over there on those turf fields. And, and like they just, like, just they came over there and just hit him and he like he fell on the floor. Yeah. And just because and they've been it's like just because I missed one catch. Yeah. Like, it, like the little things can end up being so big. I was texting because somebody asked me why did blah 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 post this, like is she okay? Stuff like that. I'm like, I don't know. And then I went and read it. I'm like, oh crap, what is this about? Like, I didn't know she was feeling this way. And and like the next day she felt fine and stuff like that. And I asked her and she's like, well, I was just upset. But if you're upset, why would you go to social media and post like things about people? Like it was a rant. Kind of cried myself to sleep that night. So when was the last time you asked your kid this question? Have you seen or heard kids being mean to someone? It's just a good reminder to tune in to the world that our kids are living in and check in and see what's going on. We absolutely could not tackle this topic without bringing in our really good friend, Sissy Goff. She's the Director of Child and Adolescent Counseling at Daystar in Nashville, Tennessee. And you'll hear just a little bit of that Nashville coming through in her conversation with Carlos. If you don't live in Nashville, Tennessee, you can still check out all of her great resources. She's an author, communicator, speaker. Go to their website at raisingboysandgirls.com. Well, let, let's, let me just start off with this. Um, for those of us who have kids who aren't necessarily big talkers, right? So maybe our kids are a little bit more quiet or reserved. What are some, maybe some signs as parents uh, that we can see that maybe our kids are being bullied at school? That's a great question. I, I would say if your child is withdrawing more than they have been, which is a sign that we'd be concerned about anything with the kids we love, but withdrawing yeah. would be one. If they're coming home from school quieter than ever before, that's definitely a sign. If there's more anxiety, you know, we could talk a ton about anxiety in kids today. We could have a whole show on that. But, but if it feels like there's more anxiety kind of circling either on Sunday nights or the night okay. before school, I think those are all things to watch for. Okay. Okay. That, that, that makes sense. And then, you know, as anxiety kind of kind of picks up, like I mean, what do, what do you say? Like, what do you you know? How do you even approach that that topic with your child? Well, I mean, I would come at it from a couple different ways, but but kind of my template that I talk about all the time with kids is strength and kindness. That we okay. want kids to have strength and kindness at the same time, and how rarely kids or those of us who are grown up know how to do them simultaneously. We either lean one way or the other, and so helping equip kids with ways to say things like i want to be your friend but i'm not friends with people who treat me like that mm. or i'd love to play with you but i'm not going to play with you when you talk that way to me which is yeah. you know the basics of boundaries which again so many of us never got and how different would our lives be if we've gotten it at eight than yeah. 48 yeah. when we're in counseling you know yeah <laughs> so I, I think helping establish some of that early on is really helpful for many of us parents who grew up before the digital revolution and before social media, uh, bullying looked a lot different. It looked like it was represented in the movies as picking on somebody, throwing him into the lockers or beating him up in the restroom. Uh, now things are looking a lot different. So we asked Sissy maybe to help us differentiate what bullying looks like now 
compared to when we were growing up? I mean, obviously we would know social media is one of the biggest platforms that kids are bullied and bullying today. And kids who, when we were growing up and watching Stand By Me and experiencing that kind of thing, the kids that bully now would never have been because it takes so much yeah. less courage to be a bully on social media. Sure. Um, but I do, I would want to say one thing in terms of all this that I think is, is, is kind of pivotal in terms of bullying is that, you know, we're living in this culture now where, I mean, forever kids have had these big emotions and they've needed big words to describe their emotions. And so, I mean, we've talked about this before, but kids are, don't say I'm worried. They say I have anxiety. They don't say I'm sad. They say I'm depressed. Yes. You know, it's not, I want to run away. I want to kill myself. Um, and so in light of that, I think they've lost the ability to say, Ashley hurt my feelings at school today. It's now Ashley's bullying me. Yeah. And we have all this um, awareness about bullying and how dangerous it is. And so then I think as adults, we panic and step in with all this force and rescue kids. And so I think kids are losing the ability to work through conflict in a healthy, appropriate way well. and to expect some because I think just when there's normal conflict, that's what they're jumping to. And so to me, that's part of the concern about it today is I think bullying exists and it is terribly detrimental to some kids. And yeah. there's a lot that happens that is not yet bullying. And so mm. I think as adults, it's so important for us to help them navigate when it's a one-off situation, when it happens a couple of times that we first empower them I mean, when you were asking before, I think the biblical model is I'm going to try first. I'm going to get you to try with me. And then I'm going to pull in some kind of institution to help. Empower your child to have the conversation first. If you have to, you join them in that conversation second. And then, of course, another step would be to bring in whatever institution needs to be brought in. I love those steps that Sissy gave us. We continued on the conversation and Sissy gave us some practical steps that your child can take to lessen not only the impact of bullying, but maybe not even let bullying happen at all. I feel like I'm talking to more, I mean, honestly, 80% uh, of the girls that I see probably have been bullied on social media at some yeah, point along. Wow. Mm -hmm. um, and so I am seeing more girls than ever before unfriend people, unfollow people. Yeah. I see a lot of girls who take breaks from social media for periods wow. of time because everything we know about bullying is, I mean, I think we've always been taught to ignore it, but now what we're learning is you have to stand up to it. Yeah. And so to keep that person's account on your phone and just let them keep saying things to you is not sure. helpful in any way. But I think the way that social media works is if you, like in person, I think to confront them is is the best thing we can do. But on social media, I think sometimes it can just incite them because there's no accountability. Yeah. There's yes. doesn't matter. And so to unfriend, unfollow, un whatever the language is for that social media platform, <laughs> I think is one of the most important things they can do. Or just yeah. take a break completely. Yeah. No, that's good. I'm actually I'm seeing that happen with a lot of, you know, my my girl's friends. Like all of a sudden she's like, Yeah, you know. You know, Kaylee's not on Snapchat anymore. She took it off her phone. And I'm like, wow, I, that's actually something I never thought their generation would do. But you, I think they're starting to see healthy boundaries, you know, that are popping up and they're pulling it off themselves. Me too. Yeah. Very encouraging. So good. So good. Well, yes, I was going to say in light of that, I mean, talking about anxiety. So I'm, 
I'm working on a book right now about anxiety and girls and in researching have read 23 books on anxiety. You know, out of those books, what I have read, everything I've read has basically said that anxiety is an overestimation of the problem and an underestimation of ourselves. Wow. And so in light of that, thinking about bullying and thinking about those things happening, you know, I, I keep going back to how do we not catastrophize the problem as adults who yeah. love them and continue to think we've got to empower them. We've got to empower them because if we step in and fight the battle for them or rescue them, they never have that sense of I can handle this. I can do it. Uh, the, the, the whole idea of not fighting the battle for them. Um, say, say that we do find out. Okay. So, so now like, we, we've kind of asked the question to our to our child and um, we're like, wow, they are being bullied at school. So let's kind of take it back to like a third grader now. Um, and, you know, and we, and we have the dialogue with them. Um, what 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 should kind of the next step be as a parent? Um, what, when we find out our kid is being bullied at school, like what do we do? What's that first step to action? Well, I think back to that model, I think the first step to action, I mean, with kids, we talk so much about um, empathy and questions. And so starting off with that sounds tough. I can't imagine how hard that is. I know that's got to make you sad. Whatever empathetic yep. kind of statement you want to say. And then what do you think would help? To mm. always lead with questions with kids is that empowering idea of we're saying, we think you can get this figured out. We think you have it inside of you to handle it. And so I would say to start with that and then give them some or help them find their way to some kind of first step in handling it themselves. And then they know that day you're going out. I mean, they're going out, they're confronting the bully and you're praying like crazy at home. They know yep. you're praying. Maybe you even have a little bracelet you wear both of you or something. Yep. So they remember your praying for them. And then when they come home, if it's gotten worse, then that's when I think you call the school counselor, you call the teacher, whatever it is, involve them, let them step in and help. And then if it still doesn't get better, that's when I think you pull in the other parents, you okay. pull in the other child. I mean, I have plenty of families who've had like a eight person sit down where they're yeah. all talking through it and there's, we're adding in some accountability. Yeah. Wow. That, that's good. And then, and then, you know, you, you work in an incredible organization, uh, Daystar. What, what, when do you think it's, um, feasible or healthy to bring in even somebody like you to have a conversation with your kid um, that may be a conversation that you don't know how to have or can't have yourself? I think if you feel like it's really impacting their self-esteem, that would be one concern I would have. Um, or if you feel like they're just lingering over it, if it feels like they just can't move past it, whether it's anger, whether it's hurt, I think either of those scenarios um I, I think it'd be great to bring them in and have them talk to somebody yeah because yeah because they can't i mean it can stay with them and and it can cause a lot of anxiety that in itself yeah no sure and then there's so, the child who's bullying when it's when you wake up all of a sudden and realize that your child's a bully and then yeah. i think they probably need to be doing some things to help too well they're they i mean you you're you're a prophetess because that's my next question um, you know, it, it really, it, that, that was going to be the next thing I, I asked you was, okay, so, you know, what do you do when you think your kid might be the bully? Well, empathy feels crucial to me in that. I mean, I think empathy is probably one of the most important ingredients 
for the future of our children, you know, and they, and most kids either probably lean towards too much or too little. And the ones who lean towards too much sometimes are the ones who end up being bullied more and the ones who end up leaning towards too little are the ones who bully others. And so with those kids, I mean, I think as a family, how do you weave empathy in more where you're going out and you're volunteering and you're doing things where they're having to see hardship on someone else's face, not even just let's sponsor a family for Christmas and send the gifts off, but like, let's, you buy the gift for the child your age and let's go take them somewhere where we see it land on the face of someone else. I think those kind of things are profoundly important for kids who struggle that way and doing a lot of practical kind of role play that you ask them questions. You see a movie where someone's struggling. What do you think it felt like to be them? You know, just that we are layering in, in our, my kids on track, we have a whole chapter on empathy and we have all these really practical strategies to build that in. And then I think for that child, they do need to have to hear from the child who has been hurt by them. And it's great when you can be there too. And that you don't assume always, I mean, I, I feel like it's so important for parents to know that there are two sides to every street. You know, I, I just see a lot of parents who, no matter what their child comes home saying, they assume it's the other child's fault. Yeah. And of course you love your child. You want to protect your child. But I mean, I don't know about you, but I feel like as an adult, 99% of the time, my feelings are hurt by someone else. I hurt theirs too. Yeah. And so I think we're only setting them up for a better relationship when we have them look both ways, especially if you have a, some kind of hint that your child might be the bully. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. The, the, that empathy piece, you know, I think is so, is so important. Um, even, even leaning to the empathy, you know, and this may be harder for the kid that is being bullied to figure out, but talk to us a little bit about, you know, you know, once, once your kid realizes that the bully is, and this is something that, that we've realized as a family, like if, if somebody has been bullying my son, um, I think he's finally gotten to the space now at 12 years old where he realized he actually has empathy for the bully because he knows that they're believing lies about themselves and they're, you know, they're, they probably are struggling with something really bad at home. Talk to us about maybe having empathy towards the bully and maybe how that can help your child out. Um, yeah, I think that's such a great place to help kids step into, to ask them questions, even that kind of role playing about asking them questions about what they think might be going on with the bully. Why might that person be choosing to make those decisions and to say those things? And it's really always out of an insecurity on their part. Sure. And for some reason that child, rather than shrinking back is just getting bigger. And so to help them go to those places, I think can be really good. And I think, you know, it's, it's a little bit like Lucy and the, and Charlie Brown and the football. Yeah. Remember when she kept pulling it away and, and Charlie Brown, he did not have, I don't think Charlie Brown ever hurt, would have hurt, was capable of hurting Lucy's feelings, no. but he kept going for that darn football, you know, and <laughs> yes. he was sabotaging himself in the process. And so helping them be able to look at the bully with empathy and have boundaries, you know, it goes back yeah. to that kindness and strength thing. I think also um, helping them have a sense of boundaries. Like we've talked about empathy and boundaries. I think feel like the two most important pieces of it. And then just helping them develop their own voice in all things. I mean, I think kids often too either lean towards having too strong of a voice or not a voice at all. And, and so the kids that don't have a voice need to be, we need to be asking questions of them more about their opinion, about 
when your family's going to dinner, letting them pick where you're going to dinner. I mean, just in the smallest little things, or even as, I mean, one of the best places to learn to handle conflict is at home with siblings. And so Mm. even helping them negotiate what healthy conflict resolution looks like there and making sure both of them have a voice in that, I think helps equip them later. And and then the, the other ingredient that I would say I think is so important. And, and I think with, I was going to say girls, but it's girls and boys too. One of the things we talk about a lot is tennis, that, that when you think about relationships, it's a lot like a tennis match. So if I'm an elementary age school kid and I'm just learning relationships, then I'm going to hopefully initiate a friendship with someone and I'm going to hit the ball to them, whether it's asking them a question, whether it's inviting them to play at my house, I'm going to hit the ball. I don't hit the ball again until they hit the ball back. Mm-hmm. And then when they hit the ball back, I hit it again. Because I think one of the, the things that sometimes sets up where we become Charlie Brown, kids become Charlie Brown, is that we yeah. look desperate and we try too hard in relationship. And so that's really healthy boundaries too, of just that like give and take and reciprocity back and forth of relationship. Because again, I mean, so many of these things, we know grown-ups who never learned any of this stuff. Yeah, I and sometimes it's totally. Yeah. Wow. No, that's good. No, thanks for that. Um, so, I mean, personal situation here. What, what, what if you see, or what, what would you recommend if you see another kid? So maybe um, a kid of a friend of yours as an adult, right? So you've got a third grader and you see that um, their kid is the bully. Like, how do you, how do you, how would you recommend approaching a conversation with another parent if you see bullying tendencies in their kids? Oh, you know, my <laughs> rule of thumb when approaching a parent in counseling, but I think it probably works for life too, is always to start off assuming the best. You know, yeah. as a parent, you are working so hard. You're trying so hard. No matter what's going on with your kid, you're trying so hard. And so to come at it like that rather yeah. than, something's wrong with your child and they're hurting everyone else on the playground, but like, Hey, we're in this together. I know my child has stuff too. And, and we use this principle at Daystar a lot. I'm giving away a secret, but we use this principle a lot of kind of, of course, like, of course you would never mean to, or of course they would never try to, you know, so kind of like, you know, of course your child, would never want to hurt anybody else. And I think they have no idea sometimes that they're coming off a certain way. And I just wanted you to know, because you wouldn't want them to be hurting other people. We're kind of all on the same team approach, basically. Yep. Yep. No, I love that. Gosh, that's, that's, I mean, I feel like I can use that in marriage. (laughs) Heather, of course, of course you didn't mean to say it like this. (laughs) Which even all the things we're talking about, like, how hard is that for us as adults to do with yeah. people that we love? And so to yeah. teach kids early on to assume the best about other people feels like such a gift. Such a gift. So good, Sissy. What's one thing or one practical thing a parent can do in terms of helping their kids navigate bullying well? I don't know if you ever read that book in the early nineties, balcony people. But I did not. It was, okay. It was this great book about how you have people in your life. that are cheering you on through the race of life kind of thing. And 
And that is a conversation I have with kids a lot. Balcony people, basement people. So as you're running along, they're the people who grab your ankles and try and pull you down. Okay. And then I had a girl one time talked to me about how there were balcony people, basement people, and roller coaster friends. <laughs> and they're the ones who go up and down and up and down. And that is a great conversation starter with kids to make them start to examine who are the balcony people in your life that are cheering you on. Let's yep. come up with 10. Who are your basement people and who are your roller coaster people and who are you in that place in their lives too, in each Ooh, in yeah. different lives? Who are you a balcony person for basement person, roller coaster? Because I think sometimes they don't even stop to recognize, Oh, there really is a pattern that that person's been hurtful to me or I've been yeah. hurtful to them. So yeah. helping them connect the dots, I think in any way can be really helpful. Oh, that is that that's so super helpful because you're right because so many times maybe they don't even know they're being bullied like they almost have to put a, a definition like balcony or basement or roller coaster in order to even see that that's so good I love that well sissy thank you again so much for hanging out with us today how, how can people pick up you know maybe um, some of your writings and things that you've done where can they find out more about you RaisingBoysAndGirls.com is our website, and they can follow us on social media. We won't believe at um, RaisingBoysAndGirls2 on Instagram. Okay. Thank you so much, Sissy. Appreciate it. Carlos, thank you. I absolutely love that very important conversation between Carlos and Sissy Goff, and especially that cue right at the end to ask your kids who are the balcony friends in their life? Who are the basement friends in their life? Who are the roller coaster friends in their life? It's just a, a conversation that you can begin with your kids to kind of lean in and find out more about how their friendships are really affecting them. And if you want more conversation guides, we've actually created an extended conversation guide to talk to your kid about bullying. And we've got it up on the website for free this month. So if you go to theparentq.org forward slash episode 87, that'll take you to the show notes. And inside the show notes, you'll have a link directly to that free printable resource. It's a conversation guide to talk to your kids about bullying. You aren't going to want to miss that. If you enjoyed this conversation with Sissy Goff, don't forget, you can also find more of her resources at her website, raisingboysandgirls.com. And you can also check out their latest book, Are My Kids on Track? We interviewed Sissy and her co-author David Thomas on this podcast in episode 35, where you can hear more about that book, Are My Kids on Track? Again, if you've enjoyed this conversation, we would love for you to subscribe to this podcast so that you can get every episode downloaded directly to your device so that you can tune in with us each week. Go over and follow us on um, Instagram, Facebook, social media, connect with other parents, because we really, really want to get to know you better, to hear your questions. And on that note, we cannot wait to connect with you again next week. Thanks for joining us on Parent Q Live. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and follow us at Parent Q.